So here we are, deep in the Australian bush, <laughs> listening for the sounds of the many fauna that habitat these, this region. If we're careful and quiet, we might hear... <laughs> that sounded like a bush wallaby. <laughs> Crack me first can, boys. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> It wasn't a wallaby, it was a frothy. It was a frothy. Wow, <laughs> a bush good, wallaby. Good to see you, boys. Bush wallaby. Really doing the 80% rule today, or the 20% rule today. We are doing the 20% rule. We're talking about Tips beer. It on its head, yeah. Yeah. How are you? What do you good. got there, mate? What is it? What is your... Well, I got um, an Irish person, Mick will be disgusted in this, Guinness in a can, um, but... That's all you can have. It's all you can have, isn't it? I mean, mm. ideally, you'd like to be in a nice, cosy little pub in Ireland and having Guinness on tap, uh, which I have enjoyed. Uh, but when you're on a, out and about and you're after a Guinness mm. out of a can, it's got a little widget in it. This little they go all right, don't they? It doesn't quite yeah. give it the same sort of body as you get one off the tap. But well, I've just poured that right. into a nice Guinness, a chilled Guinness mug uh, that I got from the Guinness uh, Brewery in in Ireland in Dublin. And it's as you can see now, it's just forming that nice, thick, foamy head. Mm, delicious. Mm. It I looks, love a it looks good, doesn't it? It looks like a good dark latte. Mm. Do you know what I love? I love watching a Guinness form when the guy pours it off the tap. And, you know, you see it's like a cloud in the pint glass and it's all sort of rising up and then you get that nice creamy head at the top. It's a real <sighs> experience. It's like a, it's like a drink and a meal. And some art all in one. All it in is, glass. Hey. Yeah. What, a, what a great yeah, way to describe um, a Guinness. Uh, but they reckon that you can have a Guinness to replace a meal. I reckon you could. Mm. So this is my breakfast. <laughs> right on. Of champions. Speaking of Irish, how are you, Mick? Very good, guys. Very good. Nice to hear you're uh, cracking open a... Uh, an Irish heritage beverage there, mate. It's uh, the good oil, that stuff, that's for sure. Yeah, most oh, a few of us have done the uh, the tour around Ireland. I, I found that um, the Guinness tasted different in every little place I went in Ireland. Uh, so we drove around for about three weeks from Dublin, did the perimeter pretty much, and I found um, the, the, the Guinness in Galway was different to the Guinness in... I know Belfast or, or Dublin. You know, I don't know whether it's a transportation thing, but it all comes out of the same brewery, doesn't it? But to me, it tasted. It had the same effect the next day, like some real good heavy farts and big black turds. That's probably not good. <laughs> <laughs> when you're on a road trip with four other people, it uh, makes the the next the road trips pretty colourful. Here's a philosophical question for you: Assuming like you've been in Ireland, you're hitting the Guinnesses. You know it's bad for you, right? It's taken a toll on your body, but the experience of it, would you trade it? Never. You wouldn't, would you? No. And well, I'm about to have my first sip, so cheers, boys. Yeah, cheers, Rue. I'm cheers. Uh, working on something similar here. I've got myself a uh, porter, which is similar to a to a stout. It's a heavier, like a dark beer. And, uh, yeah, it's nice. quite a nice drop. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I like, the, I like the heavies, the yep. porters and the stouts. Yep. They're really nice. Yeah, especially in winter when it's... Uh, yeah. You know, in the middle of summer at the moment, obviously, but winter, a nice, uh, nice heavy beer is good. Yeah. Mm. What what topic are we going to discuss today? <laughs> what are we? <laughs> oh, beer. <laughs> cool. What's your favourite beer, Chris? I mean, you you spoke uh, last week of um, alcohol, non-alcoholic beer. Mm. 
Um, you're into those at, at the moment? Yeah. Oh, I'm more of a lager man. Yeah. Yeah. A bit of your swan draft. Mm. Something along those Classic lines. I don't, I don't like any. I don't like any fruit in my beer. I don't. don't no. Not too big on an XPA or a. With you, RPA. Now, I don't reckon fruit's got any place in beer. No. Same with coffee. If I have a coffee, mm. not to get off topic, but I don't want a fruity coffee. I want like an espresso coffee. I yeah. reckon if a beer requires a fruit, like a slice of lemon or a lime, to make it taste better, then it's not a good beer. Uh, I'm. Mm. I mean. I mean the taste of the beer. Oh, you know okay. what I mean? Right. Yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Those, yeah, IPA, <laughs> XBA, sort of very fruity. It's just a different experience, isn't it? Some yeah. people love them, and they can be refreshing in summer. I guess. Having said that, back in the early two thousands, I did like a Ho Garden. Oh, what a great beer! They went and through they a had, period, didn't yeah. they? they were very in fashion. Yeah, they had mm. orange peel and coriander God. in it. I know. That's yeah, a beautiful. About that's now. a beautiful wheat beer that could be ruined by adding shit to it like that. <laughs> you would have been wearing your pink polo shirt and your probably skin popped, tight white chinos or something. Popped collar, <laughs> no doubt. Maybe a two. Real maybe a two boy. polo. Remember the two polo popped Ooh. collar trend? Yeah, that but would I mean, have been with a hoe garden in hand for sure. Beer is a. Uh, it's, I mean, it's drunk around the world, but it is your your barometer of um, monetary value. So when mm. you're traveling around the world. You know, say you go to Turkey. So, what's a beer worth? Well, it might be three hundred thousand lira, whatever that is, or it might equate to three dollars. So, it gives you beer prices can give you a a, a barometer on oh yeah, I see what you're on saying. what yeah. things cost yep. in that place. Yeah, you can think about yeah. things in terms of uh, how many beers could I buy for this, and then it gives <laughs> yeah. you an idea of what the money's worth. Yeah, <laughs> we're going more of a conversion rate. A million lira know, that'll give me beer, three and a half beers. Like All right, <laughs> I'm on it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but it might equate to like you know four beers. So, yeah, right, traveling around in Turkey is a cheaper place than maybe traveling around in Japan, where a beer is going to cost you fifteen dollars. Right. Yes. Yeah, mm. You're saying. Yeah. 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 But beer has gone up in price. I mean, it has. Yeah. Well, it's gone from a very simple thing to like works of art now, hasn't it? Yeah. I, I just I bought a beer uh, for this podcast because I thought oh, I'm going to have a fancy beer if we're going to talk about beer, and I went into yeah. a like a boutique um, beer store where they literally sell it by the can. You're not buying a slab of any of these beers because you'd have to be a rich man, but I think the price of them was in between sort of ten to thirty dollars for one can. Wow. Jeez. Three zero thirty Australian Crazy. dollars for one can. So I mean if you bought what slab of twenty four, it'd be quite expensive. Yeah. Seven hundred bucks or something. Um <laughs> I mean there's so many boutique beers now, but I still reckon you just can't go past your traditional mm. brews. Yeah. You know? The the boutiques are nice to try every now and then. You know, maybe yeah. get a couple of cans and just try them on once or twice. Yeah. But you can't beat your your you know, your solid Heineken's and your meat and potatoes beer, yeah, yeah. your Peronis and all that. And I mean, and every country in the world has their own beers. And I've, I've been very fortunate to travel a lot in the world and, and enjoy different beers. And um, one of my favourites is the Albinis in Indonesia, the Bintangs, mm. which is incredible because Bintang tastes unique in Indonesia. If you have a Bintang here in Perth or in Australia, the Binny tastes different. So bad, it does isn't it? Yeah. It's nice over there. It's quite good. Oh, man. Must be their filthy water. They nothing better Nothing better than going out for a surf in Indonesia and having a three-hour session and it's still stinking hot and you come out and there's a nice icy cold can of bintang 
in the esky waiting for you on the boat or, you know, in the hotel or whatever. It's one of my fondest memories with my surfing buddies is uh, enjoying a bintang after a surf. Mm. Mm. Yeah, there's something about a cold beer sometimes. I think even you mentioned it, CJ, like the end of a hard day of work in mm. the afternoon and maybe it's messaging because we've sort of seen the ads where – but that's nice. There's something about it. Like, I mean, if you've been outside sweating, hard work, you're a bit tired, someone hands you like a really ice-cold beer where the – condensation is forming on the outside of the can and the oh. bottle and you crack it and it's so crisp and yeah. I don't know, I start salivating when I think about it. I love beer. Yeah. I love it. I just enjoy yeah. beer. Yeah. Well, it's got a long history in our um, society. Yeah. It goes back to, you guys probably did a bit of research as well and my research was pretty unscientific. I just got it off a few uh, websites and stuff like that, but they were talking about it going back to like 9,000 BC. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty old. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> I listened to this interesting um, talk and it was about something like how beer built the world or something like that. And it go, went right back into the history of beer. But they were essentially saying if you went back to sort of 10,000 BC, then w- people all around the world were hunter gatherer tribes and they were nomadic and they moved around. And essentially, they reckon uh, the first sort of civilization, Mesopotamia, in about 9,000 BC, they reckon that the reason they settled is because they used to forage uh, barley to eat. So they were hunter-gatherers, so they'd find a bit of grain and they'd collect it in some sort of vessel, maybe like a clay uh, vessel or a you know, you know, bucket, for want of a better word. And they reckon what's happened is they've collected some barley and then it has rained and rain has essentially fallen on this barley and it started to sprout and the sprouting process uh, somehow uh, converted some of the starches to more simple sugars And then, uh, so it's been like a sugar-rich, barley-rich sort of mash almost. And then it's rained again and filled this vessel up and no one's touched it for a few weeks and it's fermented and turned into like the very first version of beer. Wow. And they reckon that this is all just postulation, you know, how would they know? They they have actually found some clay vessels and they've done some uh, analysis on it and that they've worked out that's what it was and they've sort of filled in the gaps, but... One of the theories that they had is that they were so taken by this substance or maybe its effect on what it does to you that they've actually decided to stop being nomadic and to actually start growing barley for the purposes of making beer. Man. So they reckon yeah. that perhaps the first civilization has gone from a hunter-gatherer tribe to a, um, what do they call it when they, uh, I don't know, like a more agricultural-based, yeah. um, you know, set- settlement. Settlement, yeah. Yeah. Uh, in order to grow barley for beer. Well, mate, yeah, that's one thing that I read. I, I, <laughs> I don't read know that. if that's true or not, but it makes mate, an okay story. Well, that's one thing that I read as well, and, and uh, it's such an amazing story that the uh, the farming of wheat, barley, and malt mm. was come about and introduced um, farming as a as a process because of beer. Yeah, they just wanted to grow those things as you just mentioned there mm. to produce beer. Well, it was, it's funny because I think the those. I might have read similar stories, but the Mesopotamians used to have a big communal bowl and they'd all get a straw with a, like a reed straw and drink from it. Mm, wow. So maybe that ancestral man component of community and bringing everyone together yeah. helped, okay, well, let's farm this and we can, because there's a couple of books uh, that talk about the invention of beer and bread were the things that brought civilization together. Yeah. Because... One, they could have bread and eat and they've got grains. So they farm the grains to make beer and bread and then would sit down, have community, eat the bread, 
knocked back a few brews, mm. probably talked some shit. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, brought everyone together. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. It is. And and one thing I've, I used to uh, enjoy Beck's, and still do enjoy Beck's, the German beer. Uh, I think it's number one in Germany. Um, but I always, uh, I was fascinated when I first started drinking Beck's. Look at the label at the back. And there's a purity law of 1516, or it's called the Reinhardt-Gibost or something. Yeah, that would, that would have perfect been perfect pronunciation. That would have been too. spot on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. The Reinhardt-Gibost. Yeah. Give it, a, give anyway, it another go. You'll get. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> go on. That that's German for the purity purity law. And mm. what fascinated me was while I'm sitting sitting here drinking a Bex, they the Germans had a law. Even before my country was actually founded by European settlement, to ensure the purity of their beer, and so basically the the purity law of fifteen sixteen means that beer can only be made out of four ingredients: hops, malt, barley, and water. Amazing! I love that. Yeah, yeah. cool, isn't it? It is cool. And yeah. the Germans Germans know their beer. Have you you guys been to Oktoberfest? Yes, oh, not in Germany. Man, that, that is man. a oh so good, isn't it? It's just oh. Yeah. yeah, never seen so many tits. Oh, you go to the Aussie tent, the is Hofbra House. I didn't go to that one, which is a bit feral. Yeah, it is feral. I wanted to get away from the Aussies. Yeah, yeah, fair <laughs> enough, mate. But one thing I did do um, during that whole craziness of the Hofbra House, where you've got these massively strong old German women, but you've also got these like petite, hot-looking young German women carrying three or four, five steins in a hand. Yeah. So their wrists and their thumbs are all strapped up. Yep. Um, and, you know, you can tell the old ladies have done it for years and years and their hands are like a, you know, like a brickie's Real hand. Real meaty paws. Real meaty. <laughs> 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 She'd do some damage on you. But oh. anyway, um, one thing I did do, I got out of the Hofbra house when all the insanity was, you know, people were starting to vomit and you know, people were carrying on. And I went to the Lohenbrau house, and that's where traditional Germans in their traditional uh, garb were sort of just drinking as families and having a cracking time. Yep. Obviously not as stupid as the Aussies were but and Kiwis, but they were, I was really fortunate. I'm glad that I just went out and wandered into a traditional tent yes. where I could see German families um, enjoying the practice of Oktoberfest and mm. what it was really, really designed for. Yeah. Yeah, they've got a different take on alcohol than we do in Australia. I think they've got it. They've got that longer um, history, and they seem to to regulate it and moderate their behaviour around it a lot better than us. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Do you reckon their uh, deregulation of it contributes to their more mature approach of it? One hundred percent. I mean, our our con- consumption of alcohol is so heavily regulated. Yeah. Uh, you know, like laws, you know, drinking on the street and stuff like that. I think they regulate it as a society. As a, it's like the social contract is: don't be a dick around beer, yeah, uh, or around alcohol. Yes, like I remember walking through Europe and being sort of a bit taken aback that I could walk the uh, the streets of the city um, with a beer in my hand. Yeah, which I did, and I loved it. Yeah, and it was great. I remember walking around uh, oh, Berlin and Rome and a few different cities, and I'd often just have a a beer in my hand because you're on holidays and you're in that mode and you're young and you're enjoying it, but. You'd get a fine in Perth if you did that, or oh, yeah. most major cities of Australia, I imagine. But I didn't see any problems with it. I mean, we were out late at night and we we're doing things, but it just seems like they um, culturally they have a different uh, take on it. And yeah. I think part of that is less regulation, therefore society regulates itself. Yes. So they're going to, 
you're going to hear about it if you're being an idiot. That's a great call. Don't you reckon? Mm, yeah, I totally agree. I think sometimes nanny laws really um, cater to the lowest common denominator, but I don't think they're actually good. Yep. Yeah. 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 Yeah, got some, um, some good uh, brewery tours as well, you know, like you've got the, um, as we mentioned, the Guinness tour in, in Dublin and there's the Heineken tour in um, Amsterdam, which is pretty cool. Uh, I went to the Heineken tour. That was, I like Heineken. It's a good job. Mm, it is, yeah. Probably, um, probably one of the uh, most popular beers in the world, I reckon, Heineken. It'd be up there, wouldn't it? Yeah. Mm. It's a yeah. pretty popular. I mean, every country has their own. Let me just rattle off a few. Um, in Thailand, you know, Singer beer. You know, Singer with the oh, um, yeah, yeah. the gold the gold dragon on there. That's a lovely beer. That's yeah, a that's really a nice right, beer. Yeah. Um, and even uh, in the Philippines, they have San Miguel, which is a, a nice job. That's Spanish. Uh, well, f- there is a high Spanish influence in the Philippines, so probably they were founded. Yeah. That was a Spanish colony, wasn't it, back in the day? Philippines was that, is that right? Yeah, Portuguese right. But I'm sure Spanish. that beer is brewed in the Philippines. Oh, okay, yeah. there you go. Yeah. Asia has some some good beers. Ja- yeah. ja- I'm not a big fan of J- Japanese beers for some reason. I don't Asahis know. and such. Asahi, no. yeah. yeah, I don't mind them. Yeah, they're pretty yeah. clean. Sapporo, is it Sapporo? Yeah, I think that's one of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I just uh, Sahi. I'm not a big fan of. I just find it. I don't know. Too bit too strong. Yeah, mm. I don't know. I've found these days because I don't drink uh, very often or very much. When I do drink, I really do uh, like move towards the fancier beers now. Yep. It makes me sound like a dick, but I don't mind drinking a ten dollar beer if I'm only going to have one yep. or two. Yeah. I, I just I'd prefer to do that than buy a slab of, you know, I don't know, Emu or Swan or whatever. Well, let's talk uh, about Australian beers then, Smith. Uh, no, let's, yeah. yeah. I've, I've got some stuff to say on Australian beers. I grew yeah. up on them, obviously. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> same. And, and back when we were growing up, you probably had three choices. You had VB, uh, Emu Export, Emu Bitter, and that was about it. Well, it's regional, isn't it? So I grew up in Victoria. I'd never heard of Emu and I'd never heard of Swan. Um, oh, yeah, Swan Lager. Swan Lager because yeah. they're WA beers. Mm. So uh, in Victoria, when I was growing up, I remember VB. I remember Carlton Cold, and I remember Melbourne Bitter. Oh, yeah. Um, and if you were really classy a bit later on, you'd go for a Crownie. Oh, remember Crownies? Crownies? That's bloody tumour in a bottle, that stuff, isn't it? It was the epitome of class, I remember, yeah, when I was yeah. a young up-and-coming lad. I was about yeah. six, 15, 16 years old, probably when I started drinking. Yeah. And I remember if someone bought you a Crownie, that was like the classiest, <laughs> most debonair sort of act you could do. Oh, we well, just hobnobbing around drinking a crownie. Yeah, you'd yeah. give a six-pack of a crownie as a gift, wouldn't you? Oh, like mate, a six-pack of crownies? Like over and above. Yeah. yeah. But it's yeah. shit. <laughs> no, nah, it's not the nicest. <laughs> oh. And that gets me on the, on yeah. the old Foster's theory, like how everyone in, around the world thinks that Aussies love Foster's, but we don't even drink it here. Great marketing campaign. I know. Yeah. Crazy, eh? My grandpa. I remember my grandpa drinking Foster's back in the day when he used oh, to yeah. see it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I do remember that as a childhood memory, but, I mean, you'd never see it now, would you? I don't think they even sell oh, it. I wouldn't know nah. where to get it. I remember seeing cans of it when I was living in London. I said, yeah. what, what is this? The giant cans? Yeah, yeah. the big cans <laughs> with the, the F on it. I tried I tried it, but just didn't like it. it I think we're like riding shit. around in a kangaroo's pouch drinking a giant can of Foster's. <laughs> <laughs> Chucking another shrimp on the barbie. That's what we do. Mm. Yeah, Aussie beers. Um, I actually brought one with me. Um, I brought an emu export. Oh. Yeah, so I'll, I'll crack that open once we've had... Um, Finish off my Guinness because Emu Export is a lovely beer. It's very underrated, and if you have a nice cold stubby of Emu Export on a hot summer's day, it goes down like mother's milk. Mm. 
Same as Foster's. Not <laughs> <laughs> all the same, mate. If you've just won the you, uh, Australian, you must have a, such a discerning, discerning tongue to be able to determine between emu and Foster's, and they're all the same. Oh, you can you can have a, a glass of. If you poured into an empty glass an emu export and a VB, I could tell you the difference. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. V, VB especially is a very distinctive yeah. taste. It's not It's not that nice. I'm not saying... But it's <laughs> iconic. I grew up on it. <laughs> it's iconic. <laughs> I'm not saying they don't have a different flavour. They're just all the same. I don't know. You reckon? I, I can't see much of a difference between Foster's and emu. They're both... I, I quite enjoy both of them. I like all of them. It's by degrees, though, isn't it? Because clearly if someone gave you an IPA or a stout, you would obviously tell the difference. Yes. Because one's a heavy and one's a very different yeah. beer. But then I guess the more you drink them, you know, so maybe none of us would be like absolute experts, but there's got to be a limit where it's like, oh, you know, I can and can't discern that. But mm. maybe for some people that are really into it, if beer is your life. Yeah. yeah. Like when I was at the... Um, beer store coming to this podcast, I thought I shouldn't roll up without a beer. So I got myself two cans of beer and there was a fellow there and he had a clipboard with him. I thought, oh, he's a rep, but he wasn't. He was a punter. He was buying them and he had a clipboard. He was wearing a shirt. He's like a well-dressed dude and he had a clipboard with a like a list and he had a cold bag with him and he was like filling up all these beer. Maybe he does uh, like beer reviews or something like that. But for some people, it's a big part of their life. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. That yeah. guy I discerned for sure. Yeah. He'd be like, oh, well, that's... Uh, True. Maybe it's like that unrefined uh, palate. Yeah. Well, I think uh, I, th- <laughs> I think you know there's there's like wine tasting. There's different levels of quality of beer, you know, and we might just you know go down to the bottle and buy a slab of of beer, Losses. and and really in in the world of beer, it's probably just low level shit, you know, but it tastes good, sort of enough, you know. It's fifty bucks a carton. It's probably cheap, but then you start looking at other levels of boot. Of not boutique beer, but of, of refined, I don't know, quality brew, quality brew. Um, and, and, and the, yeah, there's probably another level, you know, where people actually really, really get into the, the taste and the smells, the aromas of, and I'm sure there are beer tasting events like there are wine tasting events oh, and, yeah. and, and beer tasting specialists, you know, that they would crack open a, a, a good bottle of something brewed and smell it in the glass and whir- swirl it around and drink it. And oh, no doubt. Yeah. yeah. Most definitely. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah. Got a, it's got a big history beer, hasn't it? Like all throughout the ages, since that like 9,000 BC that we spoke about, beer has been, I would say, an important, or alcohol in general, but maybe specifically beer, has been an important part of civilization. Yeah. Like I was listening, uh, the people who built the pyramids, the workers part of their pay was an allotment of beer and they'll drink beer every day and they've done gone back and done some chemistry on the vessels they were drinking out of they worked out it was very low alcohol but it was also very mineral rich and vitamin rich yeah. and they actually reckoned that the fermentation process uh was actually quite cleansing of the water and actually kept their workforce well yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah right and then they went further on to talk about like the the dark ages of 15 1600s when there was a lot of uh disease and like the plague was around and everything like that and they reckon that it actually had an important uh, effect in, like, essentially giving you a purified source of something to drink that you wouldn't get sick from. Gotcha. Because the yeah. fermentation process and the the heating that's required before it's fermented was actually killing bacteria. So these scientists did this study where they took some pond water 
and it was rich in uh, like E. coli and all these really bad types of bacteria, which would certainly make you sick. Mm. And they used that pond water and they made it into beer in the way that they would have back in the 1500s. And they analysed it when it came out and it was drinkable and it was uh, contained no like pathogenic bacteria that was going to make you wow. ill. So, you know, now beer is like a fancy sort of boutique thing and we all choose to drink it or not drink it and it's more of a social thing, but it has had a part in our history like throughout yeah. throughout mankind. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's interesting. Yeah. Well, Matty, I, I actually looked into it from this side of things because, boys, as you would be aware, I'm not I'm not actually a massive beer drinker specifically. Doesn't doesn't uh, bode well with uh, with my guts. But I, I actually found that information regarding the uh, the pyramids and the construction of the pyramids, and I was interested to read that um, that a labourer was provided with over ten pints a day. Uh, as a reward for assisting with construction, and I ha- had a, had a bit of a laugh when I when I read that fact, and I thought, well, that might explain why some of the pyramids are on the piss compared to others. <laughs> is that um, why they is that why they were built upside down? Ten pints, yeah. well, fucking five liters. Oh yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah, ten pints. Uh, one and one third gallon each uh, was was one of the specific uh, documents that I read. But I, I think that you know. Getting back to our roots and, and ancestral man and ancestral living, a lot of the initial reading that I did was around how our beer was was considered a, a magical, and I will quote, a magical brew uh, gifted from ancestors or the gods endowing the drinker with health, peace of mind and happiness. And I thought that was a really a really well surmised explanation of, of, of beer drinking and I think what we've spoke about before as, as sort of being something we really enjoy, uh, all of us, is, is having, having a couple of beers and reminiscing. And so for me, particularly being Irish, and, and I, obviously I was born there, I live in Australia, but one of the things that I really, like I love, wholeheartedly love, is when I go back home to Ireland and I'm really lucky to still have lots of family back there, or I don't even have to go back to Ireland if I return home to Perth and see you boys, but one of my strongest sort of memories is heading home, heading down to sort of a traditional Irish pub with my family and just what what we would call the crack, you know, like ripping into a few beers with, with everyone. There's plenty of banter flying around. It's all good humoured. Uh, and I just leave and I've got a sore face at the end of the night because I've just been laughing the whole time. Mm. And so what, what, what I, what, what I sort of took away from, from reading, you know, this, this ancestral sort of reading around the origins of beer was that it was about that as well. It was about community and connection and, and this sense of bringing tribe together and, and, and happiness, peace of mind. And I think, that's that's what that's what you know we, we don't endorse we've spoken about this what a toxin alcohol can be but in terms of the benefit geez we've all had some amazing times cracking a few frothies and and sitting around together and 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 just enjoying company and having a laugh and you know taking the piss out of each other and i think that's synonymous with australian culture as well uh and i it's sort of, it's a really difficult one. Maddie posed a question earlier. Would you take back the experiences 
because of knowing what we know about the effects of alcohol. You know, I, I just don't think most people would because it's it, it's got so many amazing benefits in terms of those connection points. Couldn't agree more, mate. I think you can use it as a net positive, can't you? Like, yeah, we talk a lot about uh, like how the human body works and like optimal health and you know, almost delving into the edges of biochemistry and stuff like that. And we made the argument in our alcohol podcast about how your body needs to metabolize it and it is a toxin and we don't dispute that. But like going back to your experience that you were talking about where you go down the pub in Ireland or whatever and you get back and your face hurts and you've socialized. I mean, I would describe that as a net positive even though you've ingested a toxin because you're not doing it every day and our bodies are powerful enough to uh, digest that toxin and deal with it hopefully as long as you're not using it in a chronic fashion i would describe that as a as a positive yeah good call man. i would agree yeah yeah I would even agree. Uh, morning after sundays feeling yeah but that's cooked. abusive of it i mean it? you don't You've need had to too have, much of it you don't oh, need to have yes, a yeah. you don't need to have a really damaging amount do you like you could have you know like we're talking about beer now and we're going to have like uh probably one and a half or maybe two beers each yeah. I'm not going to wake up tomorrow and have any nah. um, hangover. It is or, daylight. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, I know. But, I mean, I'm not going to wake up hungover. That's right. Because so, we're drinking sensibly. We're just having a, trying a couple. Yeah. Um, and, you, yeah, I think when you abuse it, and I think that's the problem, that the negative connotation that it gets. And I think what Mick and Smitty have outlined there is that positive, the positive side of it, you know, with the – and one of the positive sides of it is um, the great photo that I got of um, that I use as uh, Mick's um, photo ID when he when he calls me, you know, um, after a night out at the casino on on a couple of beers. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I know about that photo. <laughs> what a ripper! Hey, hey, here's a beer. Um, Wayne, it's 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 spelt Wayne Stefaner, but I think it's pronounced Vein Vein Stefaner. Vein Stefaner. I'll go with that. It's a German beer. Um, and looking at the the back of the label here, you can see that Smitty, it's all written in German. Oh wow! Um, there is a line there with the ingredients, and it's do, it does say here um, the the Bavarian purity law of fifteen sixteen. So again, there's that German law. Ingredients: water, wheat, malt, barley, uh, or malt and hops, malt hops. Do you think part of the reason that they... Have you got that? Tell me what you reckon. Sorry. Oh, thanks, mate. Cheers. Cheers. Do you think part of the is reason... That that the they... wine, is that the beer you've got now, Rue, the wine Stefana? Yeah. Do you know, so I don't know if you're aware of this, and to throw another little fact in, that is actually produced in the oldest brewery in the world. Really? Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. So that is the, that is, that, that, that brewery was established in 1,040. 1,040, wow. that's wow. the facts that I got. And that is the oldest brewery in the world. No shit. Uh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Oldest it continually we... operating brewery in the world. The brewery's origin story begins in 725 wow. uh, when it was established a Benedict, uh, by a Benedictine monastery. Uh and there was, yeah, hundreds of monks that w- were charged with running the brewery. Uh, in 1921, the brewery got its modern name uh, and it was uh, altered to the Bavarian State Brewery. But that you are actually drinking 
the origins of the oldest brewery in the world. Right and this, there. And this goes to show how much I just enjoy ripping into one because I haven't even looked at the label properly. And it does say on the front label, the world's oldest brewery. I go. never even saw that before. There you go. But if anyone's yeah, wow. after after a good one of the Vian stuff, no, does it say how to pronounce it, Mick, on the... Um, it doesn't, uh, but I, I reckon you've uh, sometimes, you correct me if I'm wrong, is E-I-H sometimes pronounced with a V, Weaven Stefan. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah right. Something. Yep. Well, this, yeah, um, I'm going to ask my German friend about this. Yeah. I'm going to include yeah. it in a future podcast. Well, if anyone's after <laughs> one, if, if anyone listening would like to try one, they're, they're a quite a large stubby. What, how much? How, how, I can't even see. I think what? that's 500 mils. 500 mils? Yeah, it's a half a litre. Yeah, yeah, it should say on the back there, yeah. Um, but yep. go for the one with the green lid, the green cap on the top. Mm. That's the Cristal Weiss beer. It's a nice drop, mate. It's very clean. Beautiful, isn't it? They've uh, had a long time to perfect it, I guess. <laughs> 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 About a thousand or so years. <laughs> and, uh, a thousand years and change. Yeah, yeah. And sort of going on by what you were saying there, Mick, about you know getting together with family and enjoying, this is actually uh, a bit of a ritual uh, with my, my stepdad. Uh, we have... Whenever we catch up for birthdays or, or we haven't seen each other for a while, we buy two or one, someone will buy two uh, white, green wine Stefaners and we'll sit there and enjoy those in a, in a nice chilled uh, beer mug. Mm. And that's a bit of a ritual for us. And we, we, you know, we don't get hammered or anything like that, but it's just we enjoy each other's company. And to be honest, two of these and I'm on my ear because mm. I don't know if you can read the, the percentage there, Jonesy. Can you? You've got better eyes than most of us. I think that's quite a high percentage. 5.4, yeah. 5.4? Yes, it's, it's enough, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Were you yeah. thinking it's going to be higher? Well, I thought, you so? well I, no, I didn't really know. Right, but, give us, um, give us when I start slurring my words, um, you will see the effects of it all. Yeah. Is it? 5.4. Nice. I had yeah, a look at... Drop. It is, yeah. It's very clean. I used to do a lot of um, adventure racing, a few marathons... Adventure racing, it's a bit of a different sport. You know, you're off-road, you do your mountain bike, you do your trail run, you often swim or kayak or paddle through the ocean, open ocean. And often at the end, they'd give you a beer and they would say, this beer is better hydration than water, get into it. Yeah, okay, yeah, cool, that that makes sense, you know. They said, um, you know, something about the, the... the antioxidants, it's good for your gut and, um, you know, polyphenols and, okay, right, yeah. Um, so I, I thought, I'm going to have a look at this. This sounds like absolute horseshit because, you know, of, of what we've now know about alcohol and uh, apparently, you know, breaking the seal, that's that's a thing. You know, you have a few beers and you go, oh, I've got to, have, got to go have a piss and then you're pissing every 12 minutes. Uh, so for every 200 milliliters of beer, you urinate 320 mils. Is that right? Yeah. So that's so, where you did get dehydrated from. Yeah. So I, I read a couple of studies actually. One called Got Beer, a systematic review of beer and exercise. And then there was another one, post-exercise rehydration, the effect of consumption of beer with varying al- alcohol content on fluid balance after mild dehydration. So, yeah, this this suggested that, that breaking the seal is a thing and it has a diuretic effect. So the alcohol pulls other liquid with it. 
if that makes right. sense. Mm. But it did say, they, they call it net fluid balance, the dehydration, is for non-alcoholic, low, full-strength beer, water, or sports drink, bought from your sports canteen, I think they called it, uh, was not enough to hydrate you after dehydration from a from a uh, from a marathon or a running race. So you said non-alcoholic? Non-alcoholic, yeah. Okay. Yep. Non-alcoholic, low or full strength beer, water or sports drink. So you need to have to be fully hi- hydrated, you need electrolytes, salt, glucose, and you know, you, your sports drink, so your Powerade or your Gatorade is not going to get that done because it's mostly sugar, sugar. and water. Mm. Yeah. So Having said that, when it says it's as good as water for hydration after a race, you could argue that it is based on water not being enough to hydrate you (laughs) and also the beer not being enough. So the myth wasn't completely busted, but there was some evidence to say that mm, it's maybe not as good. Might be misleading. Yeah. But actually, they did also talk about the flavour and being being flavoursome and having that sort of um, not salty, what's it, what do they call it? Edamame kind of flavour, the fifth different flavour. Anyway, there's the flavour would maybe help you have more fluid. So mm. if you're going to have a mid-strength or a non-alcohol beer, it could be actually helping your hydration because you're going to take in more fluid. Yeah, right. Did you feel yeah. like a beer after that hard race? Or Absolutely. Was it, you did, yeah. 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 So it's a bit like hard work. You know, I was wondering if yeah. you're really exerting yourself, Yeah. whether you're still sort of... Yeah. If ever I've really exerted myself, I always feel like water first, though. <clears throat> I know If I know there's beers planned for after a strenuous event, I'll always go for a water first. <clears throat> mm. I can't just go straight for a frothy. Mm. I, yeah, I don't know. Maybe Seems like if you've just, just run a marathon and you just crossed the line... I don't know if, yeah, like you say, beer would be your first. Yeah, <laughs> it probably be wouldn't be. I'd probably vomit it up. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what was that point you just made there, mate? Um, if for every 200 mils or something. Uh, you will make 320 mils of urine. Okay, so if I'm drinking, let's say, 200 mils of alcohol, if I have 100 mils of water to accompany that, Am I balancing out my dehydration and possible hangover effects? Uh, that's what it did say in um, one of the studies, yes. So, so, it, so a two to one. So if I say if I'm having a, a pint, which is what, 800 mils, 750 uh, mils? 560. Five, yeah. Oh, I think okay, pint. 560. If I have a pint of beer, then I have to have, um, say, 200. 150, yeah. 250, yeah. 240, yep. 225 mils of water to, yep. bal- to balance out my my hydration. Yeah. So okay. that's why, you know, some of the effects of the the hangover are headache. Oh, yeah, definitely. Issues, Dehydration. Know. Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't realise there was actually science behind it. And so 200 mils, you know, then you're getting rid of 320 mils. Obviously, that net fluid balance that they talk about is mm. off mm. and you're going to be dehydrated. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So maybe, yeah, if you are offsetting a, a beer with water, then... That's a good idea. Mm. Have you noticed in a lot of cities in Europe, if you order a beer, they'll give you automatically a small glass of water with it? Yeah, right. Remember in Germany they were doing that and in parts of Italy? Yeah. So if you ordered a beer, <sighs> without you asking, they'd give you like a little thing of water with it. Yep. 
I thought it was a really good idea. Yeah, well, now pubs even in Australia now have like you know free water at the bar at the end of the bar. Yep. Um, to to help yourself. Yeah, I think they have to legally provide water. Do they? Yep. Mm. Yeah, right. I think when they when they alcohol, actually yeah. give it to you, it's a really good idea. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Forces yeah. you to. Yeah, yeah, it's sort of just right in your face, and you go. Yeah. Drink yeah. that. Yeah. I looked into a couple of myths because <clears throat> that one you were talking about with the Black Plague. Oh yeah. Was the other myth was that yeah you. It was better to drink beer at that time. Mm. But it sounds like you had a bit of science behind that one. I think it was more that water was contaminated. So if they were drinking beer rather than water, and yeah. back then I think it had a low alcohol content, yeah. it was kind of almost like – it was just a boiling process. So like they'd boil, yeah. they'd boil the mash yeah, and then they would ferment it. So yeah. we know that if you weren't turning it into beer, if you just boil water, it would kill all the bacteria. But back then there was no germ theory. They didn't understand that bacteria was the – Right, you know, what drinking bad water would make you sick. Yeah, essentially. So, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know the plague one. I don't know because that was obviously a respiratory thing. I don't know how that. Oh, were you talking about the? Uh, talking about I, the I was sort of black, talking about the dark yeah, ages yeah. when the plague was around. Yeah, and I've heard a story about uh, people working in breweries during the plague uh, having a higher right. survival rate. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't know why it was. Yeah. <laughs> what are some w- of the myths that you got well, there, James? Well, that was the other myth was that um, during those times that beer it was better to drink beer than water Mm, which could have possibly been true but the it was still expensive to get beer Mm. so i don't know how they okay so it was good for the upper class but yeah those people living in the streets and the gutters they just had to die possibly but if all they could get their hands on was ale then they Mm. maybe they went all right if they avoided water and Water. What about the old like, bootlegging days in the US? That was yeah. that's an interesting time, hey. Yeah, very Before. interesting. And yeah. even like by expansion, humankind or civilization has always sought uh, like alcohol or some sort of mind-altering property substance, hasn't it? Yeah. Like there's never been a civilization that hasn't had an alcohol or a drug. Yeah. And we're kind of drawn towards it. I don't know why that is, but mm. yeah. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, because like you say, prohibition, and that just like opened up the door for the black market, didn't oh, it? Loads yeah. of people Massive. brewing shit in their yeah. houses and everywhere. It's 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 folklore. Yeah, yeah, quite interesting time. Yeah, yeah, yeah a lot of it's a great it's series. Big business beer, boys. What? It's big business as well, beer. Yeah, mm. and I, gra- I grabbed I grabbed a couple of stats for you guys being uh, the connoisseurs that you are, and I, I'm interested to see, I'm sure you'll know maybe the top one, but uh, are you aware of who the top five exporters of beer internationally are? Exporters like of beer what, crap? in Australia? No. The, so what countries are the top five exporters of beer around the world? Oh, I reckon Germany. One, one would be like Czechoslovakia, Germany. Uh, Belgium. So number one hasn't been named yet. It's actually Mexico. Yeah. Oh, yes. Mexico. Corona. There's a Mosquina. I heard that Corona was um, it's cat's piss over there as well. But they reckon Dos Dos Equus uh, is the um the the beer of choice in Mexico. Dos Equus. Yeah, right. Yeah, which means two crosses or two X's. Well, one of the myths we were talking about before there we weren't talking about but the myth of the you were talking about the lemon in the drink. One of the myths was that they used unsanitized bottles to 
bottle oh. and brew Corona. Right. And the lemon, because the bottles are filthy, <laughs> cleaned, <laughs> cleaned the lemon. Yeah, but right. I don't, I couldn't, I couldn't um, confirm or deny that one. Yeah, but I just can't bring myself to buy a $60 carton of beer, which probably make, costs about $10 to make. Yeah. Well, know? I mean, that's the, yeah. <laughs> the German purity laws. If you're making a beer that's contaminated, you just wouldn't come out too well. Because if if you've had a beer, if, you, if you've had an off beer, so some of them use preservatives, but some of them don't. So they can have yeast um, flakes in them. So if they're the little white yeast flakes, you know your beer is about to go bad. Because I've done some oh, yeah. brewing. Yeah. But if they turn black, then little like little looks like little ants floating in there that will make you real crook. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. So I'm assuming that that corona myth of putting lemon on the top would be bad because if you were, you know, you've got to sterilise the bottles, you've got to make them clean because if there's any contaminants in there, the yeast goes bad yeah, and then you right. can't drink them. So I'm going to bust yeah. that myth. Surely, yeah, I reckon that's a myth. Surely, but you're right, that probably cost them four bucks to make and you're, Spending oh yeah, it costs ten bucks. Of, yeah, yeah, but I, I can't see a business, a brewery like Corona, just not cleaning bottles. Oh, not now, but maybe yeah, back in the day. Back in the day, yeah. So Mick, uh, so we've got Mexico as number one exporter. Who's number two? Uh, the Netherlands. Uh, ah. th- there is some some conjecture that the Netherlands and Belgium seem to be going backwards and forwards, but I have the Netherlands in second. What about so the Dutch? The Dutch love their uh, mind-bending substances, whether well, that's it's where beer Heine- or other. That's where Heineken's <laughs> come from, isn't it? Heineken come from the Netherlands. Oh, I thought it was German. Is that yeah. Netherlands, is it? Heineken. Yeah. Right. Yep. You can do um, the, uh, the Heineken beer tour in Amsterdam. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, cool. It's good. What's number three, Mick? Yeah, so... Uh, well, the Belgium would then come in third. Yeah. Hey, I didn't know Stella Artois come from Belgium. Yeah. I thought Stella was, I thought it was Italian. But yeah. Stella is a is a, a Belgian beer. And it was actually, um, it started as a Christmas beer. Came out for one one year as a Christmas beer. And it became so popular, um, particularly among English bricklayers, <laughs> 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 that, they, that they continued its, uh, um, its brew. Right. Yeah. There you go. It's pretty oh. strong, the old Stella. Yeah, I find it a strong beer. Yeah, I find it a bit rough. Yeah. Um, Garden I like from Belgium. Oh, yeah. I love Hogarden. Uh, I think, um, yeah, my wife and I, we travelled to Belgium and we, we made sure we went to the to Hogarden, drank a... Well, our lo- You've our done ho- some beer. Is the this ho- going to be a brewery tour? No, the, host- the hostel, <laughs> we, the hostel oh. that we stayed at in Belgium brewed its own Hogarden. Oh, wow. Brewed it. Brewed it. Maybe oh. they just told us that. And they yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. Maybe just dropped just a bit of weed in it. Yeah. Now, now I'm just thinking about that. That co- that <laughs> coriander wasn't. Yeah. It was actually. We were only paying eleven dollars a night. That was the world before the internet when people could just make up any shit they <laughs> yeah. wanted. Like, yeah, yeah. We yeah. brought it here. It's under license. Oh uh, well. What was number four, Mick? Four was Germany. Ooh, number oh, yeah. four. Um, rounding out the top five was now, the United yeah. Kingdom. Yeah. Oh, oh, Kingdom. Oh. Really? I thought you were going to say United States because um, I like a bit of Yankee piss. I like um, <laughs> I like Millers and um, Budweiser. My first ever beer was a Miller. Hang, hang on, wrong. hang on, hang on. First beer I ever drank, Miller. Yeah, nice. It's yeah. a good drop. It's a great drop. Do you reckon beer's rough for everyone the first time you have it? Oh, it's, it's filthy. It's well, let's taste. go around the table. What was your first beer that you got pissed on? Yeah. Oh, pissed on. Uh, VB. 
yeah, Victor- Victoria right. Bitter. Yep, that's rough. Did you? And so when I say pissed on, because you're obviously a bit in your teenage years, did yep. you vomit? Uh, no. No. I was camping with my mates down the beach. Yeah. Every year we'd go camping over New Year's and early into the New Year. And it was a tradition. We did it for many, many years. Me and my five or six best mates. Yeah. We did it every year. It was a great time. We always had New Year's Eve down the beach. We had the same spot we'd go to. Awesome. It was an amazing time. But the first ever time we went, we we're probably only, uh, say, 16 or something like that. And we we're walking through the sand dunes and we came across an esky that someone had left. Oh, fuck off. True story. <laughs> we came across it. It was night time. And there was no one around. There was this esky and it was full of beer. And uh, on ice. It was cold beer. No shit. No shit. And we looked around and there was no one around. Was there like a guiding light from the... Yeah. This is no joke. Was there like a... I'm not making this up. It was... was, To 16-year-old kids, it was... It's exactly that. Amazing. (laughs) And so we did what any 16-year-old kids would do. And we took all Smashed the beer it. out of there and we ran down the beach. And we <laughs> but you, left, you, left, you didn't steal the esky though, did you? You left no, the esky, we left the esky there. We took all yeah, the beer yeah, out. They got respect. Well done, you got respect. There, yeah. there was legitimately no one around, but we probably would have taken it regardless. And uh, I remember it was so horrible. I really did not enjoy it. The taste. Did you just drink it out of the cans or the stubbies? stubbies? Uh, it was bottles. It was glass yeah, bottles. Yeah. Because they had that um, little sort of narrow neck, the VWs, yeah, didn't Yeah, like they? a fat, stubby fat body. Stubby, but a little narrow, narrow little neck. Yeah. And uh, I remember just absolutely choking it down. It was a great night. I wouldn't trade it for anything. It was my first What a experience. great story, man. That's yeah, sick. It was, it was awesome. Imagine that, finding an esky full of piss. You wouldn't read about it. Like, that it is... Was, um, it was a great <laughs> night. Oh, that's gold. Yeah. Imagine that, imagine that now. <laughs> There'd be like finding 50 bucks on the floor or something. Oh, it you was, gotta... Yeah, it was... It was yeah. 16 years old. Wow. That is an absolute win. That yeah, was a win, yeah. yeah. What a yeah. great story. I love that story. I started my drinking days as a young yeah. fellow. I had quite a few beers at times. Mine was Emu Export. I was at a party with a mate, good mate of mine, and he it was his first time as well. And we just smashed these stubbies under the guidance of his older brother, <laughs> and uh, then spent the the night with my head hanging out the back window, like vomiting down the side of his car. Beautiful. <laughs> Emu Export. But I can still drink it now, though. I can still um. Do you know there are some beers that you have a real heavy night on? So like Peroni is one. I really love Peroni, but I had a night on it that really and that what's that Tasmanian one? Um, oh, Bogues. Bogues. Yeah. I love Bogues as well, but there's two beers that I cannot even look at the label of because I had a big night on, and it just makes me shudder to think about drinking it again. Your brain is uh. Yeah, yeah, and Peroni is a, a beautiful beer. It is. Yeah, that mm. Italian beer. It is very nice. Yeah. Mm. yeah, so what about you, CJ? What was the first beer that you um, got drunk on? I can't remember. I can remember the the day. I played a season of senior cricket with my old man, and we won the premiership that year. Ooh. And that was the first time that I'd been drunk, I think, after yeah, right. we won. So you got drunk for the first time with your dad. I don't know if Dad knew. Maybe he did. I'm sure he did. He was probably too pissed elsewhere. But yeah, I was right. sneaking beers. I think I was 14 or 15 maybe. Yep. Yeah, I was yeah. 15. Mm, mm, 95, 96. I might, maybe I was a bit older actually. Maybe I was 16, 15. Anyway, yeah. Snuck yeah, cool. a few beers, a few celebratory beers and... It just made me think about the adults, it. adults, yeah. I'd love, to, I'd love to, for my son to get drunk with me for the first time. Not his, not his 
bonehead mates at a party or something. I'd love it if he got yeah. drunk with me for the first time. Obviously, when he's old enough and he wants to. Yeah. yeah. I reckon that'd be a pretty cool. Yeah. I've actually never spoken to my dad about <laughs> that. <but I'm> <laughs> <laughs> Is that beer? <laughs> Those micro bubbles from oh, Guinness. Yeah. Beer. Yeah, and that's, on that that's note, also, uh, <laughs> that's also a good thing from beer is a good burp. So we haven't hit um, Mick up. We haven't got Mick for um, his first beer that he got drunk on. Hey, before, um, before, you go, before you go, Mick, just before we go, um, oh yeah, uh, I think we might be back in the wilderness. In the don't crack that one, crack this. Okay. Give us some of that one. Yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna crack open a um, affogato stout. Yeah, it's Ooh. got coffee in it. So it's okay. brewed with lactose, Ooh. coffee, and oh. vanilla. Wow. Yeah, so it's a fancy it's a fancy pants one, yeah. but I'm only going to crack it if you really? guys all agree to. to I'll have a bit of that. Do, do I do have to? Part? Do I have to drink it with my little finger pointing up? Most right, definitely. Give us, can't give okay. it to us, Mick. Otherwise, it's very these two are going to. Yeah. All right. Chuck it in Jonesy's glass. I don't mind if he's got cooties. <laughs> Can only get her. Do you have to ones. tilt the glass? Oh, oh, come on, mate. Come on. It's not professional at all. Oh, look oh, at the darkness of that. That looks like a black coffee. That looks bloody good, mate. Oh, look at the head on it. Hang on. There's the finger. Oh, that looks like a latte, man. Oh, that's a lot. Yeah, brother. That is a fucking spirit on this thing. Oh, anyway. is that for CJ? Yeah, yeah. He's onto it. Well, well, are you going to have some? Fat a taste. Yeah, yeah. All right, Mick, come on. Give it to us. Just give me it's a little here, bit. Not too your, much, mate. Your story. No, it's, it's quite a strong one, so I want to share it. Okay. <laughs> well, save yourself some. No, no. I just want to experience the, uh, the taste. We'll all have about a third that'll each. Do. Yeah, that'll do. Yeah. Thanks, mate. Wow. Can we do cheers? I think, always should, I do think cheers. we should do a cheers because the big part about beer drinking is the, the ceremony, the mateship, the Definitely. tribalism. Yeah. You think about the old days, people would sing and dance. Fuck and and you know, you think, uh, I think it's good luck. To, you, know, you have to look in each other's eyes when you do cheers. You do. Yeah. Or does that mean you want to have sex with them? Well... I don't want to have sex with you guys. But you I should think definitely it's look at someone thing. when you shake their hand. I don't know about yes. cheersing. Not again, but Rose. Guys Not again. Shake your hand and look at the ground. That's a warning sign. <laughs> exactly. I hate it when people do don't that. You reckon? Look, I hate it when people look me in the eye shake when you shake your hand, hand and look away. Give me a firm grip and mate, look me in the eyeball. Maybe yes. they're just nervous. No, nah, they're, nah, they're <laughs> fuckheads. They're fuckheads, mate. Oh, maybe their dad didn't nah. teach them. Yeah. Maybe they're intimidated by you and they have to look down. I think it's a manly thing, mate. Just maybe someone in the eye. Maybe as you, you know? Okay. Sorry, Mick. Hey, cheers, boys. This is uh, <laughs> poor Mick. He's been waiting. To Ooh, no, I love it. Story. I love it, boys. I'm enjoying oh, listening to this. That's um, I was just actually oh, talking about my. Uh, wow. I was just talking about my first experience drinking with the bloke that I actually drank with only a couple of weeks ago. A uh, good mate back home, Schmetty. G'day to you. I know he listens. And uh, what's his name? We, well, he's actually, his father's actually German, Schmestic. Uh, oh. So uh, so what's his nickname? He, he always, Schmetty. Schmetty. Well, cheers Schmetty. to you, Schmetty. Schmetty. Yeah. <laughs> so, Good on you, Schmetty. We, we, uh, we, we, were, we played basketball together and uh, we'd, I was got, went over to his house and we got into the EMU bitters. But, boys, I hate to say, we were a little bit more strategic because we knew if we, if we uh, raided the beer fridge too much, his old man would find out. And we were just laughing a couple of weeks ago because what we actually did was we cracked open a bottle of his uh, Jim Beam and we were having, when, when his parents went to bed and we were having Jim Beams and Coke and then we filled up, we drank it down a certain amount and then we ended up topping up the bottle with water. And so for, for about 
for about six months after that, Pete would ask us to make him a drink and we'd make we'd make him a, a Jim Beam and Coke. And the poor bloke never got pissed once. And he, <laughs> he thought he was just immune to this stuff. <laughs> and it's, it's ended up now being this, like, this, you know, like you talk about reflecting back with your parents and uh, we, we, he, la- he laughed his head off because he can remember back to when he was drinking through that period. And he goes, I fucking I was drinking that much piss and I was never getting drunk and he goes everyone around me was blonde and he goes and I was thinking Jesus Christ I, I think I've got a problem I can't bloody get piss and and the poor bloke was drinking majority water so uh, you know another great memory yeah classic that's gold yeah it's got its place in society I think yeah. even with all the negativities around what it does to your biochemistry and your health. I mean, I think uh, even I even with the the negatives, there are positives, right? Yes. There's there are that um, I know we did talk about alcohol being bad for the gut, but some of the some of the uh, hang on a second, where's my other study? It was Is it Japanese. It wasn't a Japanese one. That's disappointing. I, I I come up with that Japanese one, but I didn't even find it. I just mentioned it was Japanese. <laughs> now all my studies are Japanese. Uh, Beer and its non-alcoholic compound in health and disease. So in this one, they found the polyphenols and the antioxidants and the fermentation process was actually quite good for people. Mm. Rather than always giving you guys a negative and poo-pooing the alcohol. That's the only excuse I need. Yeah. I mean, we're all about trying to find the positives, Really, aren't we? Like, people might think that we're negative at times because we're talking about, like, optimal health and it's hard and all that sort of stuff, but everything has a positive. Definitely. You know, positivity is very important. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, catching up with your mates and having a beer, it's very positive. Bloody oath. Like, if you guys ever said, you know, and we do it regularly anyway, but my point is, like, the opportunity to have a beer with your mates, I think, is sacred. Mm. It is. It is. Yeah, and uh, it's got some negative health connotations in the short term, but over the course of your life, whether it's going to make a difference, I don't know. But certainly, it enriches your experience, and it's a, you know, it's a part of mateship, and um, it is mate. It creates bonds. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I look back at the, my mates that I have: my footy mates, my surfing buddies, you guys, my work friends. Um, there's been some great times and great memories on having a night out or on being on the beers. You know? And, and I, not every time do I have to get slaughtered. Exactly. But I've generally enjoyed just catching up and shooting the shit and having a few beers with my mates. It's good fun. It's possibly that uh, lowering of the inhibition that the alcohol does to you. Maybe, yeah. maybe it makes you have a better night. My great mate, Sweeno. Sweeno. Um, and shout out to Sweeno. He turned 50 yesterday. Oh, Sweeno. Happy birthday, Sweeno. Yeah, I'm going to catch up with him Happy in a couple birthday. of weeks. Going to catch up with him next weekend uh, for his 50th and we're all going to get shit-faced. What does he like? What is, uh, <laughs> what a, we're all going to get shit-faced. <laughs> what does Sweeney like to drink, mate? Uh, he'll drink anything. Yeah. He's, um, he's a seasoned drinker, but I've had some great memories with Sweeney. Um, he, we, we used to play footy together at, at Perth and we've had some big nights and a great story. We were, um, I think we were down uh, at East Fremantle Oval against East Fremantle by about 10 goals at half time. And he got on it. And he's no, no. And his dad, Sweeno's dad, came in and said, "Right, boys, if you guys, if you clowns can win, I think we'd won three games in two years. If you clowns can win from this point on, 
I'll chuck on five cartons of beer uh, tonight at my house. And, mate, we turned around a 10-goal deficit. We beat <laughs> East Romanel. And that was one of the greatest memories I've ever had with these boys that we can off- always talk about that win with that incentive. And we got f- hammered that night. We got That's hammered. A great story. I love it. Yeah. But um, that was Sweeno's dad. And he's kudos to Johnny. He's a great guy as well. But um, you meet some great characters through drinking beer. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, well, I heard I, – and I don't think we did our interview with Brett Hetty, but one of the stories of early Eagles, John Todd was the coach and gave them four shots. They were getting thumped 10 goals at half time. John Todd, the rumour was they gave him – gave everyone shots of something or other and they came out. I don't think they won, but yeah, right. in fact they lost by 20-odd goals. But Probably some nice warm – Whiskey or yeah. rum or something in yeah. the cold of Melbourne to keep yeah. it warm. But imagine that professional footballers just having a shot yeah. or four at half time to yeah. get you back into it. But going um, back to my that um, incentive of yeah, going back to my story on Sweeno. The reason I was talking about my mate Sweeno is he has a term about getting socially excited, and I think we were just talking about um, you know, getting around your mates and whatever, and he terms it um, getting socially excited. Which yeah. you do when you have a few beers, you get a little bit socially excited, and you get, yeah. you know, like now I've had three beers and You're I want to carry on. I'm right, up and about. You, you are yeah. good to go. I'm good to go. Let's hit the town. Yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> a, that's a Friday. Hey, let's do it. I'll do it. I've got to yeah. pick the kids up from school. Yeah, Fuck it. they got to go back to real life. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's a nice drop, Smitty. I really like that stout. Very coffee-ish. I love a stout. Mm. I love a. Yeah, coffee, vanilla, yeah, sort of rich stout. I don't think I could have my emu export now after that. No, it's hard to go back. Yeah, you got to Once progress. You've got, a, you got to progress up to the stouts, yes. and you can't really scale back down again. Yeah, totally. It agree. would just taste like swill. Yep. Yeah, swill. That's a great word <laughs> for swill. Try. What, what about all right. the What about all the words to describe beer? Like you've just said, swill. Do you know? Here's an interesting fact. When I was talking about that Mesopotamian society, they reckon that um, sort of. Eventually, language was developed as a byproduct of this love of beer, right? So they, they essentially they had to develop agriculture to farm this barley to make beer. And then through agriculture, they had to develop property. So people would have individual properties. They had to Ooh. work out ways of measuring property and keeping track of property. And through that came bookkeeping and through that came language and all that sort of stuff. But they reckon they had 160 different terms to describe uh, drinking or beer. Really? 160 different terms, yeah. Wow. It's on clay tablets that have been found in the original, like the oldest known language known to man. Pretty big ask off the top of your head after a couple of beers. Can you, do you remember any of the names? That oh, I couldn't. No nah. chance. Nah. <laughs> Was one swill? beer? I hope so. Yeah. Was one. But I reckon Swill would have been swill? up there. Swill, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, Classic. Frothy? Was that one? Frothy. Was that on the t- one of the tablets? Froth or piss? Yeah. <laughs> what other names? Well, you is think there? about how many we've got. We've we've got yeah, a yeah. lot of names. Yeah, well, there's Absolutely. four there. Yeah, you got 156 to go. A coldie. We'd need a few more beers to get through the yeah. uh, the rest of the remaining 150. Six. Yeah. yeah. Stub. Stubby. Yep. Six. Hey. Six. There's six. A couple of jars. Couple of cans. Jar. Yeah. Yep. Couple of cans. Yeah. Cold ones. A couple of cold ones. You've done that one. Oh, you've already done it? Have we? <laughs> We're running out now, aren't we? We're already on reruns. <laughs> we haven't got to 10 well, We've done yeah. about 10, <laughs> but I mean, they had 9,000 years to work it out. So yeah. 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 <laughs> well, 
What about pit? Have we said piss? Yeah. 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 Piss. Because <laughs> yeah. that's a great term. Let's get on the piss. Goon. Goon Go- Oh, goon bag. Oh, is that more? Oh, oh, no, it's maybe not beer. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Remember there was a story um, of the indigenous fellas up north when they used to um, want the, um, you know, that goon bag with the, uh, in the in the box? Um, and it's the bladder. Yeah, a couple of them would ask for a, a box of lady in boat. Oh, yeah. yeah the, the Moselle, the, was it the Moselle, Moselle, whatever? It had a picture of a lady with an umbrella on a boat in a river. Moselle's a wine you don't hear about very Moselle. much. I used yeah. to date a chicken. She loved Moselle. Really? I haven't heard of anyone drinking a Moselle in like the last 20 years. Nah. Moselle. Nah. What is you a Moselle? Moselle lately, uh, CJ? <laughs> <laughs> CJ's going to piece over here. You folks <laughs> did you <laughs> score? Did it. you score that chick, Smitty? Because no doubt she would have been, that Moselle would have been a bit of a leg Oh, mate, I dated her for a while. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, she went all right. <laughs> Yeah. Well, there's another I'm name d- for beers. I'm just looking at this, uh, this last stout that I poured us. It is a 10% stout. So oh, it's shit. Quite, it's, got some, uh, it's got some heft about it. Wow. So you could have told me that before I sculled it. <laughs> <laughs> probably starting to feel the effects a little bit. Yeah. No, we'll run it in. It's, but, um, um, <laughs> I reckon yeah. the next uh, probably drink we'll have, I reckon, big one will be when Mick comes back over from Queensland. Bloody I reckon oath. we'll have a, uh, a beer oath. or a, uh, yeah. a drink of choice when Mickey comes over. When are you coming over, Mick? Uh, we're booked to come back for three weeks in June, actually. Oh, right on. Yeah. Nice and Just cold booked, weather. So. Cold yeah. weather for a stout. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you never know. We might have to tee up a bit of a night around the fire or something, boys. And uh, But, yeah, I'm, I'm well excited. Well, to, it sounds to like a real belter of a night with you drinking your shandies and CJ on his uh, alcohol-free beer. <laughs> <laughs> we can talk about the stock market. <laughs> oh, you have a couple of beers and you just get mean, do you? Yeah, <laughs> All right. that's part of it. Yeah. Right. That is part of it. Very good. No, Fuck yeah, now. Well, I mean, you do well, have you, a laugh, don't you? Like you, you do. Part of Aussie culture, yeah. I think, is taking the piss out of your mates. It's exactly. bullying your friends. It's Making not bullying, a, mate. It's not bullying, <laughs> it's taking the piss. Someone said to me once, and, and I took this uh, quite seriously, is like if no one ever is giving you shit or having a laugh with you in a silly way, it's because you don't really have any mates. Yep. That's Australian culture, perhaps, yeah. but yeah, you know, true. they take it too seriously. I think, I think, I think there's a truism in that. Because mm. one of the great Australian qualities is that we have the ability to laugh at ourselves. We have a laugh, exactly, and at ourselves. I think that's yeah. a great personal attribute to be able to laugh at yourself. I think that's part of being Australian is laughing at yourself. We take the piss out of ourselves a bit, don't you? Reckon? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, like the butt of a lot of good jokes is when you're taking the piss out of yourself and something stupid that you've done, and people love it. Yeah. Don't you reckon? Yeah. yeah, and even even just as um like in like tourism terms, Australia sort of takes a piss out of itself to sell mm. itself. Yeah, we're not you too know? serious, are we? Yeah, yeah. Maybe Should that's what alcohol does because as a um, as a breed, for want of a better word, we're very cerebral. We've got big brains. We think about things very deeply, mm. and maybe that sort of um, inebriating effect just like breaks down barriers and lets us form connections that we otherwise wouldn't form. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, when you go to the pub and you talk a bit of shit to someone, maybe even a stranger. Yeah. You wouldn't do that in everyday life. That's right. You just wouldn't. Yeah. So. Yeah, sort of, yeah, definitely, mate. Brings breaks down the barriers and you can have a really deep and meaningful conversation with someone that is actually quite ridiculous. But if you had a video camera on yourself, you'd be looking so serious. You'd be doing these hand gestures. Oh, man, yeah, man. Drunk talk. Yeah, drunk talk. (laughs) Gold. Love it. Yeah, but even um, like China. Have you tried that um, Tsingtao beer? 
No. That's a bloody nice beer from China. I know we had the um, the American funded Chinese origin uh, <laughs> virus that come out of that country, but they have a bloody good beer, the, the Sing Tao. And if you have that at a um, uh, what's that when you, when you go to those restaurants and they walk around with the carts uh, and you and you pick oh. off the carts, um, I had a mate sushi drain. No, no, not uh, sushi you mean drain. like uh, dumpling house and stuff like that, like uh, yum cha, yeah. yum cha, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I've had a couple of beers now. I could go yum cha right now, but anyway. bloody oath. <laughs> yeah, one of my um, great mates, Nath, um, rest in peace. He just died last year. <laughs> he loved his bintangs, loved his mates, and he loved his yum cha. Yeah, yeah. Live fast, die young. Yeah, yeah. So. Kudos to you, Nath. Mm. Are we talking shit now, Jonesy? Yeah, we're talking shit. Yeah, last 10, 15, you've been... Really? Yeah, talking heaps of shit. Yeah. <laughs> no, you've been all right. That's pretty good. Well, it is a beer uh, episode, isn't it? Mm, that's true. It would be disingenuous, I feel, if we didn't uh, have a beer to talk about beers. So Bloody oath. It's uh, like in-the-field research. Yeah. And you know, listen to podcasts sometimes. It's actually just nice to chuck one on in the car and hear about other people having a conversation. Well, I mean, we have been quite serious at times, and we've gotten sciencey at times, and mm. we've uh, gone deep, and we've uh, given people a lot to think about. You know, we're people too, and we like to let our hair down sometimes and just talk about mm. talk shit mm. for want of a better word. So uh, we're talking a bit of shit today. We're having a couple of beers. I think we're uh, we're practicing mateship. Yes. Because we're thinking about talking about mitochondrial health in the next couple of episodes, aren't we? And we will. And do you know what's terrible for mitochondrial health? Alcohol. Beer. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, there's different levels of the Ancestral Man podcast, isn't there? There's There's the man and there's the Ancestral Man. Well, look, the Ancestral Man, we've clearly demonstrated, I believe, did drink beer. Oh, fucking oath. Yeah. I believe if we go back to 9000 BC, we would call that quite ancestral. Yeah. And, uh, it's clear that they did partake in uh, alcohol, beer. Yep. So yeah. I did like this quote of from one of the physicians at the time. Uh, at what 10, time? 1056. But from whether, whichever it is made, whether oats, barley or wheat, it harms the head and stomach and causes bad breath, ruins the teeth. Fills the stomach with bad fumes, and as a result, anyone who drinks it, along with wine, becomes drunk quickly. But it does have the property of facilitating urination. This is what this physician came up with. I thought that was going to be a much more inspiring quote than that. Yeah. <laughs> you really it just it. makes you go for a piss. I thought you were yep. going to say, look, but it, it provokes wonderment of union of And they sung and man. danced and they were merry. And yeah. Nah, it was really all just about reckoning. What it says is hell. they know it was bad. Well, can we bring – should we finish that on a downer then, eh? Oh, Get your air guitar yeah, fucking ready. ready. <laughs> fucking hell. Fucking Jesus. Hell. Fucking right. hell. Thanks, Jonesy. All right, let's go on. Um, you know, we've got a noose. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right, that was good. Good All to right. see you, boys. Love you guys. Appreciate it. Well you. done, boys. Yeah, I'm not coming back next week. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can take a non-alcohol beer and fuck.